0: Okay, friends, I got to tell you about Boyd Ranch Mule Days in sunny Wickenburg, Arizona. Coming up, March 6th through the 12th, 2023. It's right around the corner, you guys. You got to join us for this. We got a clinic ourselves we're putting on, March 6th through the 8th. Uh, Also, my good buddy, Chris Clark, an amazing Grand Canyon Packer, Um, he's doing a clinic there. And we did a podcast episode with him uh, a few episodes back. Uh, Check it out, Chris Clark. Him and his wife, Marisa, are just fantastic people. And he's doing a three-day packing clinic out along the Hasayampa River. Hope I said that right, Scott. Um, and uh, it's a great time. You know, Scott Stewart, Lisa Taka, a whole bunch of other people, they do an incredible job putting this mule days on. Uh, there's trail rides every day, you guys. Short, long, ultra long, uh, dang good food, dinner, breakfast Uh, this year they got some nashville songwriters um, and amazing artists coming to entertain us Uh, we have a good time dancing my girls love to dance there we have a great time just a, a wonderful experience they got a mule ramble they got a trail course and all the proceeds from this mule days goes to benefit children's programs there at boyd ranch uh, a great opportunity to give back to the youth um, and we love the kids coming up we want to continue this legacy so we would love if you would come support mule days at boyd ranch um, for more information go to boydranch.org. look it up on social media boyd ranch mule days uh, just come enjoy your time with us we would love to see you there Well, hey friends, welcome to the Everyday Mulemanship Podcast. I'm Ty Evans. Thank you for hanging out with me today. Thank you for choosing our podcast to listen to. And and, uh, we're going to have a good time today. I got a lot of stuff to talk about. This is going to be a question and answer session. Um, But before I jump into the questions, I just kind of wanted to tell y'all what we've been up to, what's going on. Um, We're getting ready to hit the road. Coming up, we're leaving in just a few days here. Headed to sunny Arizona, and I cannot wait. Uh, man, it's uh, as I'm recording this right now, looking out the window, uh, the snow is just coming down. Last night we got a, another four inches. It's supposed to get another four inches today, and so uh, I'm gonna be shoveling. <laughs> I'm gonna be shoveling the driveway so I can get the semi out and hit the road. But I am ready to go to Arizona. I'm ready to get back to clinics. I can't wait. Um, this winter has been better than most. Uh, I usually get a little bit depressed when I'm not out there on the road teaching, helping. Um, I really love it. You know, when I'm, when I'm not doing clinics, I kind of feel a little bit worthless, a little empty at times. I love to get out there and I love to help you guys. And I really mean that. And I tell, I tell people that at my clinics, the first day I always say, I am sincerely here to help you. And I love it. I love to help. So let me help you, and I really mean that. Um, but this winter, uh, it's been nice because we've had this masterclass going. And you know, if any of you out there want to change your mulemanship and your horsemanship, you want to step things up, and and really really make a difference in this whole mulemanship journey, you got to do the class. and. You know, if we get enough people interested in it, if we get enough people on the wait list, I'll, I'll do it again next year. Um, The people this year, and I hope they're listening. I'm sure they're listening because these masterclass students, they are like, they're the real deal. They, they want to learn. I am so impressed. I, I'm really impressed. And at times I feel guilty because, <laughs> you know, like today it's snowing, it's miserable. I don't want to go outside. I'm no different than the rest of you. I don't want to go out there and ride. I don't have an indoor arena at my house. I'd have to, i have to play around outside for a long time to get them loaded up and saddled up and drive down the arena. Of course, those are all excuses. We all have those. But I am so impressed by the people posting pictures of the temperature and a picture of them out there working. we got folks that are out there working in some wicked weather, negative twenties. Uh, I, I think the coldest I've seen somebody post about was in the negative negative thirties, snow, ice, crappy riding conditions. It's, you know, let's face it. It's not, it's not really that fun, but something that I do know is no matter what, if you get out there and you ride and you ride, you work, even if you freeze your butt off, you're not going to regret it. You're not going to be like, man, I wish I didn't ride today. I wish I didn't get out there and and make that really nice turn today, that really good backup today. I wish I wouldn't spend that time with my mule. Nobody says that. We can all sit inside, complain about the cold. I had a friend uh, just send me a text message the other day, and he listens to the show. I'm sure he'll he'll hear this. And I've had multiple people send me similar messages, similar emails, similar calls saying, I don't know what to do, man. This has just been a rough winter. I I I feel like I, you know, I'm not getting much done. It's hard. Things are tough. What do I do? Toughen up. <laughs> That's it. Freaking stop complaining. Toughen up. Like just do it. Get out there. You can be better. Get out there, freeze your butt off for 15 minutes. Just go take it, go freeze your butt off, go work, go do hard things, come back, and you'll be glad you did it. You're not going to regret getting out there working with your mule. You are going to regret spending your whole stinking winter sitting on the couch watching your TV shows, not making any progress with your mule or your horse. That's what you're going to regret. You might get out there today you might be freaking cold. Your hands red. Just cold, miserable, wet. But you're gonna spend a little time with your mule because here's the deal. Guess who is out there in that cold 24-7? <laughs> your mule. It's just another, it's just another day to the mule. So this whole deal about it being bad weather, about it being too cold. That's just you. Same thing in the summer. Those of you, my Australian friends are listening right now. I've got a lot of friends that listen in Australia. Those of you in the southern hemisphere, it's too hot to ride. Shut up. (laughs) Your mule's out there all day anyways. They're out there taking the extreme weather. and They take it just fine. They can handle it just fine. Push yourselves. Toughen up. Be better. You can do better than this. You can do better. Get out there and work. This masterclass, these people in this masterclass have totally changed my outlook. I'm, I mean, they have done stuff for me. I'm, I'm supposed to be the teacher here, I'm supposed to be the instructor. No, they're teaching me. They're teaching me the, that excuses are dumb. They're getting out there, they're working, they're doing it. The cool thing is, they're making progress. You'll make progress. If you only have 10 minutes today, it's cold. It's miserable. Go do something. You do 10 minutes every day, well, guess what? By the end of the week, if you did seven days a week, that's 70 minutes. That adds up get out there, go work. You can do it. You can be better. You can do better. It's amazing what these people are doing. You guys, I've seen people putting up lights in their round pen. There's these cool solar lights. They're not a, I'm going to mention them. I can't, I can't remember the name of their company, but these cool solar lights, um, you can put up. And, uh, one of the students in the master class recommended them. And, um, So, you don't need to run power out there. You know, the light was like 200 bucks. So, I don't know. That's a lot for some of you. Some of you, that's pennies. But it's 200 bucks. They put the solar light up in their round pan. They're out there shoveling their round pan, shoveling the snow out every day. Told them to go buy ice melt. They went and bought some ice melt. They shovel the snow. They put ice melt out and they've been riding in the round pan on dirt. Yeah, it's frozen dirt, but it's not icy, it's not slippery it's not crunchy snow. People are doing it. You can do it too. You can do it too. It's all in your mind. Conquer your mind. Uh, I've been given thought, a lot of thought lately. Control your thoughts. You know, I just, I just wrote an article before I jumped on here. I wrote an article for Western Mule Magazine. If any of you guys, if any of you, uh, don't subscribe to Western meal magazine I suggest you do I, I write for them every month um if you do listen to Western meal magazine you know what I would love some feedback I don't ever hear anything about my articles on there uh, maybe they just maybe everybody just doesn't like them <laughs> I don't know but today I wrote one about controlling your thoughts controlling your thoughts is is absolutely critical and this plays into what I was just talking about Controlling your thoughts. Get out there. Work. Control your thoughts. It's just in your mind that you're going to be miserable. Control your thoughts. Your thoughts get in your way sometimes. And we need to we need to control our brains better. When we get out there working with the mules. I've, I've experimented. I've, I've seen this. If I can show up and I can be present with the mules, I'm there. My mind is clear. They want to hang out with me. They want to be with me. They want to uh, be around me. They're willing. They're even, I could say, even eager to do the things I want to do. But when I show up and uh, I'm thinking about the bills i got to pay, I'm thinking about the price of diesel fuel, I'm thinking about all the stuff I gotta do, thinking about appointments, thinking about people, thinking even thinking about students. You know, I think about you guys all the time. And it's good, but sometimes when I'm working with my mules, it gets in my way. So I gotta clear all that away and I gotta be present with the mule. I gotta be there. Pay attention to the mule. You know, Ray Hunt, he has a there's a great book. You gotta read it. It's called Think Harmony with Horses. And I've talked to multiple people that had uh, these books autographed by Ray Hunt. And apparently, I don't, I don't have an autographed copy, but apparently he would, you know, sign them. He would sign Think, and then he'd write his name. Think. Thoughts. Your mind, your brain. So crucial. Every good horseman I've been around, they have the ability to quiet their mind. Just be quiet. Think. Or maybe don't think. (laughs) That might be a better way of saying it. Don't think so much. Just pay attention to the mule. uh, I've shared this exercise before. I've shared it with a lot of you. If you've been to my clinics, you've heard me dive into it. We dive into this stuff deep in the clinics, you know, but I'll tell my students, okay, I want you to go out there with your meal. particularly on a day when you have plenty of time. Don't do this on a day where you're you have appointments and you're in a hurry and you got all this crap going on. No, pick a day where you got all day. You like a Sunday. Sundays are great. I love su- Sundays. Are a delight for me. I love Sundays. I don't plan anything. We go we usually just go to church. Sometimes we got to drive on Sundays, but usually Sundays are just a day. Just a day to be. And uh, so, like that day, when you don't have anything going, go out there, catch your mule. And then I want you to just go lean against the fence, the panels, whatever. Just, just stand there. Just sit there, whatever. Just be comfortable. But just hang out and just pay attention to your meal. What are they doing? Well, first you'd be like, well, they're just, they're standing there. <laughs> okay, good. We started somewhere. What else are they doing? We, we obviously see, you see they're standing there. Okay. Look a little closer. They look a little closer. Oh, the mule just blinked. Oh, the mule just took a breath. Oh, the mule's lip just twitched. Its muscle just twitched. It just shifted its weight. It just cocked a leg. It's, it just swished its tail. It just let a big breath of air out. It's licking its lips. It lowered its head. Raised its head. Moved its head. Whatever. Pay attention. Tom Dorrance would say, you have to be able to see the whole horse and a single hair. I don't know what that means still, but I'm getting an idea that it probably has to do with paying attention, being mindful, being aware, practicing awareness with your mule. But what happens, this exercise I'm talking about, you just standing there hanging out, what happens is this, you'll be sitting there paying attention to your mule. You're going to notice some mud, some dirt on on the mule's hair, the mule's back or something you're going to think, oh, there's some dirt. I should brush that off. Where's the brush? I'm going to go get the brush. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh crap, <laughs> I just lost focus. It's in that moment right there that you're practicing mindfulness. Noticing that you lost focus and then you bring yourself back to focus. That is the moment where you're being mindful. That's the moment that the mule appreciates right there. That's your first step forward to get in that quiet mind, to be present with your mule, to be there. Uh, one of our dear friends and uh, our our longest time clinic host, Megan Mensing from Gunnison, Colorado. She's just a wonderful woman. And uh, if you ever get a chance to come to that clinic, tell you what, you should do it because Megan knows how to. Megan knows how to do a clinic. It's it's a good time. But Megan at the beginning of this year she posted on social media one of her goals. And she said that and I, and I might not say it correctly exactly how she posted it but something along the lines of that she wanted to be where her feet her feet are. Be where her feet are. What a great I mean what a great insightful Deep goal. Be where your feet are. If your feet are out there with your mules, be with your mules. When your feet are with your children, be with your children. When your feet are with your spouse, be with your spouse. When your feet are at work, be at work. I shared a social media message uh, a couple weeks ago from a man named. Uh, David Bednar, amazing guy. He did a video on this, you know, balancing, and basically he said, you know, really, there's no such thing as balance. Stop trying to balance everything. Just be present. When you're at work, be at work. Yes, when you're at work, you're probably you're going to be neglecting your meals, neglecting your family, neglecting all the other things you got to do. When you're with your family, you're neglecting work. When you know uh, that That's just the way it's going to be. You can't balance all of it. And if you're trying to balance, you're going to drive yourself crazy trying to balance because you'll be hanging out with your kids, but you're thinking about work. Hanging out with your mules, thinking about your kids. Hanging out with your kids, thinking about meals. Hanging out at work, thinking about everything else but work. Be where your feet are. Be present. Practice this. In all aspects of your life. In everything you're doing. Practice it. Work at it. You know, this isn't just mulemanship stuff. This is life. And, and really, what I've learned is, you want to, if you want to be good at mulemanship, just try to be a good human. Just try to work at it in life. Just try to work at life. So... You practice this stuff. You work at this stuff. You practice being present with your mule. I promise your mule will find it attractive. When you show up to the barn and you're stressed, you bring the baggage of the day, you bring the stresses of work and life with you to the barn, Even though it has nothing to do with your mule, probably, maybe some of you are like, well, actually the mule causes my stress. (laughs) That's a different topic. But if you show up there with all that negative, you can call it energy, call it whatever the heck you want, negative energy, that is undesirable, unattractive to your animal. They don't want to hang out with that. The mule is such a simple creature, you guys. They really are. They like comfort. They love it. They love comfort. They want to avoid discomfort. It's pretty simple. You know, you can get as complex as you want into those two subjects of comfort and discomfort. But at the end of the day, at the bottom line there, uh, they want to be comfortable. They want to feel peace. They want peace. That's what they're into. And if you show up with all that baggage they can feel that, and let's face it, there's some mules that can that can take it um, so like me i i'm a I'm an eternal optimist, you know life is always good for me. um it's always going to be a great day. That's just kind of how I am so somebody like you having a bad day. If you had a bad day, you could come talk to me. And I will do my best to reflect positivity back to you. Help you find the good in it. That's just my nature. Um, try to fix it, you know, even though sometimes it doesn't need to be fixed. Sometimes Sky will vent to me and I'll try to fix it. She said, I don't want you to fix it. I just want you to listen. Okay. <laughs> I'm a fixer. I'm a optimist. That's my personality. So somebody that has a lot of negativity can show up and hang out around me. And you're not going to bring me down super easy. I mean, yeah, I guess you could, but you're not going to bring me down super easy necessarily. Um, But there's some people that if you showed up and you complained to them about how bad your day was, they're going to come right back at you about how bad their day was too. And before long, you, you guys are both complaining to each other. Before long you're, you're now complaining about everybody else and talking about everybody else's bad day too and how bad the world sucks and you know everything else and you're bringing each other down. Um, I think equine have similar personalities or, or tendencies. There's some mules that you could show up with all that negativity and they'll just go with you. I mean, I have a lot of respect for these these mules that are in, in uh, therapy these dude mules, these trail riding mules and horses, um, where they just take on all the humans' crap and they just have to take it. And they take it well and they babysit you and they take care of you. Good. So maybe, maybe if you're dealing with a lot of stress and trouble in your life. That's the type of equine you got to hang out with. There's other equine where if you show up with any of that negativity, you are going to just ricochet them right off of you. And they are going to absolutely not want anything to do with that. They're sensitive. They, they, they're easy. They're, they're sensitive. They're very easily um, kind of broken. They're fragile mules. Those type, you better show up being confident. You better show up being present. You better show up being positive. Here's a simple exercise that has helped me tremendously. I didn't come up with it. It's something I learned. And uh, a lot of you, um, <laughs> I have experimented with this on you. If you've come to my clinic, I have experimented with this on you. I'm always doing these weird experiments. I'm kind of a mad scientist. Um, okay. every Everything that you come in contact with that's alive. every being, so animal, human, everything that 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 you interact with that's alive. compliment them. You don't have to actually like verbally compliment them so that they can necessarily hear you or see you or whatever. Maybe you're at the airport and you're, you know you're not going to talk to everybody. Maybe you're at lunch at, in the line at whatever. Taco Bell, (laughs) and you're, you know, whatever. There's people around. My point is, get in the habit of complimenting. When you compliment them, and in the beginning, it might just be generic. You might just be like, nice shirt. I like your hair. I like your shoes, whatever. It might be pretty generic in the beginning, but get some practice at complimenting, finding something positive to approach the situation with. Approach the relationship. Approach the daily relationship with positivity. You can take the same practice and you do it with your mule. Because if you approach your mule and you're thinking, oh man, I hope this son of a buck doesn't run off with me today. I hope this son of a buck doesn't bolt. I hope the son of a buck doesn't kick me. I hope this little turd, whatever, does this or that, does that. Okay, if, if you if you approach it with that negativity, they can feel that. Now I'm not saying that they. Okay, you can call them whatever name you want. the The word doesn't hurt the mule, you guys. You can talk to them all you want. The word doesn't hurt the mule. What bothers the mule is the feel and the energy that you bring with you when you have those thoughts, those feelings, those actions. So let's say you show up to the barn and your very first thought, you've trained your brain because you've practiced all day on humans, you've trained your brain that anything you see, you're going to instantly compliment it, say something good, anything, exercise your brain muscle, okay? So you show up to the barn, your first thought about your mule is something positive. Now they don't care what you're going to say or what you're thinking. What are you going to say? You know, nice ears. I like your ears. I like your hoof. I like. I mean, okay, whatever. You can come up with any compliment you want. I like how you trot. I like how you walk. You're walking. Oh, I like how you're swaying your head. I, I like how you. Whatever. You can come up with anything. They don't care about what good you're saying. That again, the word isn't the 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 deal breaker here. It's the feel. It's the energy. So you show up to them. You talk to them, and you say a compliment in your mind or verbally. You can even just say it. Sometimes saying it helps you get it out. So you say it and get it out there, and that feels good to them, the feeling, the energy. That's a great way for you to initiate this whole deal. So that's kind of what's been on my mind today. That's kind of about what the article I just wrote about kind of gets to is those things. Control your thoughts. Control how you feel. Be present. So anyways, hopefully that means something to you. We're going to take a quick break and thank some sponsors. And when I come back, I have a a handful of questions we're going to get to. Some of them are pretty long. Uh, Some of them are pretty in-depth. So we're going to read these questions and answer them the best we can. So hang tight. We'll be right back. Hey, we want to thank our sponsors, Western Mule Magazine. Ben and Anita Tennyson do an amazing job with their magazine. I've been writing for them for a few years now, and uh, they're great. Look up westernmulemagazine.com and check them out. Okay, our first question comes from uh, Spirit Brooks. Hi, Ty and Sky. Thank you for all you do for us long-ears lovers. Love the online video library and the podcast and appreciate all the support. I've got a question about tying weanlings. I've got a nine-month-old molly mule that really objects to being left tied. What I've done with other babies is once they're about six months old and weaned and following pretty well in the halter, I will soft tie them in the arena on the wall using a long lead. Uh, a long line and a tie blocker. So if they pull back, they don't hurt themselves. They learn pretty quickly to give to pressure. And after a few short sessions, we can usually hard tie them and leave them for longer and longer, and they figure it out. I like to leave them tied so they get comfortable just hanging out. I do a lot of mule camping and showing, and I want her to be able to hang out tied without fussing as she gets older. This youngster really objects to being left alone. The minute she thinks she's alone, she gets really bothered, Pause until she's sweaty, and rears and flips herself over. I worry she'll hang herself. I tie her high and short, but she still rears and flips and digs giant holes. I've also tried tying her in different spots, like her stall, and she's just as bothered when I walk away. I don't feel like I can tie her alone. It seems like she gets separation anxiety. What do you suggest? Is she too young to work on this? Should I tie her near another horse for a while? not leave her alone, wait until she's a little older to leave her by herself. I've watched the working with weanling videos, and and I noticed that, for example, your weanling rain, you bring her up, tie her to the trailer, and grain her, and she doesn't seem bothered at all. Is she tying alone yet without grain? I realize they are all different, but this youngster has me stumped. I've raised more than a few colts, and I've never had this much drama about tying. Thank you again, Ty, and I hope to meet you in person this year, finally, in Oregon. Going to a clinic is on my bucket list. All the best, Spirit Brooks. Good question, Spirit. Um, okay, first of all, the weanlings, I am not too stressed about how they stand tied yet. I'm not bothered by it. Um, this is this is kind of the process that I go through. I I will get my mules, kind of uh, these weanlings. I feed them omaline 300. I like it. I'm not promoting that product, saying that you should use it. I just like it. Okay, they're not a sponsor of the show or anything, although you could put in a good word for me. Um, anyways, I feed them only 300. I like it. I think it's good for them. Um, I like what it does. And I, I, I'll just give them this grain in their corral. So they kind of just get addicted to this grain. I'm fine. I'm going to get them addicted to it. That's cool. I feed it to them in a, t- in a rubber tub. I don't feed it by hand. I don't recommend you do either. Just feed it by rubber tub only. Get them addicted to the grain. I'm going to lead them out. I'm going to tie them up to the trailer. Like she's saying, you know, about one of my mules, Rain, who is now a two-year-old. We no longer do this. And yes, she ties by herself. Um, I'll tie them up somewhere. Let them eat that grain. Um, and pretty much as soon as they're done with their grain, I just put them away. So we're not tying up and leaving them at all. This is just tying up and uh, well, as long as they can eat some grain, and then I put them back. So that's kind of how it begins. Then, before I ever uh, tie them to, um, like t- like I'm tying them up to stand. Before I tie them up to a hitch rail or a trailer or your fence. I'm gonna help them learn how to stand tied on a highline. So I put a highline up. I'm a huge fan of highlines. You can find videos of our highline on the video library, on our social media, all kinds of places. We've posted and and done things and take take pictures for you guys, whatever. But I uh, I'll, I'll put them on a highline. Now the reason I like the highline is it gives them the freedom to go. So they make the choice to stay. I love free agency. I'm gonna let the mules have a little bit of free agency here. So they can move. Now, the difference here in the highland is that they can walk forward and they can walk circles and they can walk around. You're not restricting movement at all. You're just restricting how far they can, how far they can walk over there. But you're, you're leaving enough room that they can indeed move their feet and and move a little bit. And we want that. What happens is when they can't move and see when mules get anxious, anxiety needs to move anxiety needs to move in their feet. That's their first response. Now you can get them to where they freeze up and they just stand there. We don't really want that. I don't. So I'm going to let the anxiety dissipate through their feet. That means they can move. They can walk. Now, if you don't let them move and walk, what happens is they start pawing. So pawing is a direct response of them being irritated and anxious. And, um, anyways, Now they're all, they can all paw and it's, and and that's a different subject. I guess we could dive into that, you know, in youngsters and older animals. But if you teach them to stand on a high line and let, you don't really teach them, you let them figure out how to hang out on a high line quietly. They, they will paw a lot less. You're not going to have that happen. Now with the weanlings, I also teach them to tie while others are there. I don't just grab a weanling out, tie them up by themselves and say, good job, kid. Just figure it out. Here you go. Here's life. No, I'll, I'll time up with the rest of the crew. And I do that for quite a long while they're getting tied up with the rest of the crew. Um, usually when I'm home, when I'm not on tour, uh, we catch our mules almost every day and they're on the high line. They're tied up almost every day. The time just kind of depends. Sometimes it's for 20 minutes. Sometimes it's for a couple hours while I ride, but I'm going to tie this wheeling up with the rest of the crew. So that they can kind of learn to get quiet. Over time, I I like to kind of just taper it down to where, okay, so I got five of them on my highline. I got room for five. So I got the weanling next to somebody else. I'm going to take away one. So picture the weanling on the very end of the highline. I'm going to take away the one right next to her. So now we got a little distance between her and the rest of the group. Just a little bit. Now we're talking like the next one is 20 feet, 30 feet away. All right cool. Maybe the next day I'm going to take another one off. Now she's there and the other group is now 30 foot, 40 foot away. I take away another one. Now there's only two of them and they're on opposite ends of the high line. Okay. And and I'm going to help the mule build up some coping skills. We need these mules to get some coping cash piled up in their wallet so they can deal with this. And I do this in short Short little spurts. I don't need that wheeling. Definitely not a weanling The wheeling is going to get more education out of just being out there being a mule at this point. So I don't need the wheeling to be tied up here for for five hours, you guys. I'm I'm tying them up for twenty minutes, thirty minutes, forty minutes, maybe an hour most, and 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 that's going to be spread out. You know, I'm not going to do that every single day with that wheeling necessarily. Today I might only tie them up for five minutes. Tomorrow maybe thirty. Next day two. Whatever. You get the point? So I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of go at it like that. Um, like I said, I'm not stressed about the wheelings being bothered. Just just practice it. And and don't let your pride and your ego get in the way when you're letting a wheeling learn how to be tied up. What I mean by that is it's pretty easy for you to sit there and say, you son of a buck, I'm going to leave you there until you hold still. Okay, that's not real life. That's not going to work. That's not going to work for, for this weanling. They don't have that cognitive ability to sort through that stuff. So I uh, say I tie them up, tie it for five minutes. Even if she's out there pawing and moving around, I'm just going to go put her away. Next day, let's try to go for five and a half, six minutes, eight minutes. Put her away. I don't care if she's still pawing or not. I'm just going to kind of work and build some tolerance up. And like I said, having the others around initially while you're teaching them to stand tight is going to take away a lot of stress and you can help your mule learn to feel, hey, you know what? It's, you know, being here at the High Line is is kind of a comfortable deal. It's not that uncomfortable. Excuse me, (laughs) uncomfortable. Uncomfortable. So so that helps. I don't want this to be a a fight. Anyway, so that's how I'm going to go about it. Good question, Spirit. Hope that uh, gives you something to chew on, think about. I would just say, don't worry about it a whole lot. Next question. Greetings from Southwest Idaho type. When pivoting on the hindquarters, fancy is heavy on the front end and still has a tendency to swap ends. I have tried starting the maneuver when backing and also use the fence to block the hindquarters. I was thinking of using a flag uh, since we use it, clearing the fronts on the ground. Um, in addition to more practice, what are your thoughts? Thank you so much. I'm excited for the extreme trail clinic, Scott. Yes, sir. Scott, I am excited for the extreme trail clinic. Also, that's my favorite clinic of the year, really. All right. So, uh, on the hindquarters, main thing, Scott, the stronger you can get the hindquarters, the better base they can become. So usually when I'm having a hard time getting my mule to do a turnaround and move that front end without the hind end swapping, like you describe, um, that tells me my hind quarters are weak. So I'm going to probably spend 90% of my time building the hind quarters and 10% of my time working on moving that front end. So what are some things you can do to move the hind quarters? Yeah. Or, or to build the hind quarters? You can move the hind quarters left and right. We have five methods of moving the hinds. So I would encourage you to get good at all five methods. If you don't know what those are, you can check them out on the video library. Um, Or come to a clinic, ride with me, I'll show you. Five methods of moving the hinds. Um, Backing up a heel. Backing up period, just backing up. Backing circles. Backing circles really does a good job at building the hind quarters to support a turnaround because you're kind of shifting weight to one, one of the quarters as you do that. So backing circles is amazing. Um, getting the hindquarters to engage when you back up. So backing up and making sure that you are feeling the hindquarters pull you, feeling the hindquarters engage, that'll be a huge help. So really, the, Scott, the answer is anything you can do with the hindquarters, that will build the front. That's going to help you a bunch. Build the hindquarters. And then after you do that, we teach uh, three reaching exercises. So um, and I don't really have time here on the show to jump in and tell you each of those, you guys, you can also look those up on the video library. So we work on those, those reaching exercises. There's three of them there and that'll do a lot of good for you. Thank you, Scott. All right. Next question. Hey, Ty, can you provide some pointers on how to prep and make your riding mule comfortable with poning other mules for packing? I would love to hear your suggestions. Thanks. Looking forward to the salmon clinic. Jason Cordle. Thanks for the question, Jason. Um, so first of all, I want to make sure that my mule knows how to stay centered while I'm riding. Number one thing, if you're not centered, if the mule isn't broke, if if, if you can't move all four quarters and you can't ride one-handed, and move off your seat and legs. Then ponying another mule is going to be miserable because you're just you don't know, you don't have all the skills you need. Now you don't have to have it perfect. There's plenty of times I pony other mules out on my colts and get along just fine. But I'm willing, but I can kind of work through that, and I you know I got the experience to do it. If you don't have the experience to to do that, handle when you're ponying and kind of control your own, then you're going to need a, a riding mule that's going to take care of you. Uh, while you pony another animal because your attention is going to be split in half. The more mules you're trying to handle, the more directions your attention is going and the less present you can be with each each mule. So therefore, they need to be able to fill in the gaps for you. So that's the number one thing, is my mule center. Number two, does my mule know how to yield and respond to ropes around the hip and the tail? This is primarily a safety lesson. If If I get a rope, kind of under that tail can my mule help me out and tip the hip away from the pressure of that rope we show this exercise um, on the video library as well there's a whole bunch of videos on there about this about you know working under the tail working ropes under the tails and things like that you can watch those but can my mule respond to that and and not react and just you know buck me off <laughs> so that's that's an, another big piece can my mule deal with things dragging. If if you can drag a log on your mule, you can usually pony another animal. So you can work on stuff like that. Having your riding mule confident is a key, is a key, key element. Because if your riding mule lacks confidence or doesn't get confidence from you, that help from you, the mule you're ponying might have more confidence than the mule you're riding and might be overbearing and might, you know, kind of, bother or intimidate your riding mule even. I've seen that. So make sure that the one you're riding is confident. Give them the confidence. Help them be confident. Uh, lots of ways you can do this. So anyways, those are a couple of things that I would do there, Jason, uh just general, um to to kind of, you know, work on work on things. If you can do that, really the very first thing I said, having your mule centered, if if they're centered, if they're broke to ride, if they're really what I'm talking about, broke to ride, uh, you you can do anything you want with them just there. You know, there's not, you don't even have to add much of the other prep stuff if they're super broke because you have a handle on them. If they're truly centered and you can turn them, stop them, back them, walk, trot, lope, change leads, side pass, leg yield. You got all these buttons. You can do anything you want, man. Thanks for the question, Jason. Next question comes from Scott Poindexter in South Carolina. It's a similar question. We're kind of along the same lines of of, uh, ponying here. When ponying my mule Memphis, he wants to walk head-to-head with my horse. I would prefer him to lead behind my knee at least. I've tried turning inside to reposition him and then walk out again. I've also tried to block him with the lead rope by swinging it in front of him or shaking it until he assumes desired position again. I try to remain consistent, but he seems to find comfort in the head to head position. How do I get him to find comfort walking further back? FYI, my pony horse I'm using has a great handle. Good. He kind of knew I was going to say about that. Uh, Thanks for your advice and sharing so much of what you have learned over the years, Scott Poindexter, South Carolina. Good question, Scott. The standards when I'm ponying are the exact same standards I have when I'm on the ground. Period. That's it. So, how do you keep Memphis back when you're on the ground, just leading him, when your feet are on the dirt. Well, it's pretty simple. You've, you've worked on teaching him how to lead all the groundwork we talked about, and you you nip it before he, he begins to get ahead of you. So as things are brewing up for him to come past you, that's when you check him up and block him. It'd be pretty simple. But if you wait until he's pushed past you, now you've got to get him clear back three or four feet. Well, that's a different story. That's 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 hard. And then you got to reposition yourself and you got to do all these things. So I would say catch it sooner, block it sooner, firm up faster. So as he's coming past me, I'd rather you do less sooner. That's a huge concept that we teach in our clinics, do less sooner. And so as he's coming past me or beginning, even, even considering coming past me, I'm going to block him. I'm just going to send a line down my rein. I'm going to block him, bump him right on the nose with that halter. And it's going to intimidate him just a little bit. It's going to say, oh, that wasn't very comfortable. Yeah, dude, pretty simple. It's comfortable when you stay back there where you're supposed to lead. So make sure you have the same standards in the saddle as you do on the ground, because basically you just got uh, stilts in the in the form of your horse's legs. You're just standing taller. That's all. So he should not be coming. His nose should not come past your shoulder high or low. So good question, Scott. Okay. The next question, Um, this is a little bit long, so I'm going to, I'm going to summarize this. Uh, In fact, this was over a page worth of, of a question here and we could dive into this. I mean, a lot of stuff. So this question is from Ashlyn. She's coming to my clinic at Bryce Canyon Mule Day's. Uh, I think, I believe she is. She said she's getting ready for Bryce Canyon Mule Days. I assume that's for the clinic. Maybe it's just for the ride. But um, she started listening to podcasts. She started watching some videos. Um, she has a mule that uh, had a bolting episode of, you know, being scared. Uh, bolting while she was riding. It was scared of, you know, backpacks and saddlebags, sandwich bags, stuff like that. She said it was pretty traumatic, um, but she got to work. She got to work on all the things that we recommend, working on getting control of the feet. She worked on the checklist, working on transitions. I mean, she's doing stuff. Then she went out on a camping trip, and she decided to ride out alone. And um, she got out a little ways. The mule got bothered, basically took off running, bucked her off, um, or she fell off or something. And, uh, anyways, now, now she's having all kinds of issues since this, and she's dealing with some anxiety. So she's got, she's, the mule has some trauma. She has some trauma and she wants some help. So one of the first questions she asked, she says, um, when I do get back on them, what do you suggest I do to try and make the first few rides a positive beneficial experience? The first part of this whole episode, Ashlyn, I want you to listen to it twice. If you are coming to this relationship with your own trauma, your own worries, your own stress, and you're thinking of all the things that he could do or he's not doing or that he's scared of, and you're kind of telling stories about all the stuff that could go wrong, that's got a whole bunch of negative energy to it. So you want to make sure that uh, you you don't step into that relationship the daily relationship with this, all these worries of things that could go wrong. Use the suggestions I gave you earlier. Come in there with some positivity, be present. And really, every day that I work my meals, I go back to the beginning for the better or for the worse. It doesn't matter what the meals do. I am go back to the beginning. So I do my groundwork. I check it off. That doesn't mean I spend 20 minutes at it. It might be 20 seconds, but I check it off. Okay, then I start going through my riding checklist. And I I go as far as I can in the time that I have. And what I really like to do is split my time in half. So let's just pretend I have 30 minutes to ride today. I'm going to come out and do as much as I can with my mule for about 20 minutes, climbing up the list, the last ten minutes, I'm gonna climb back down. I'm gonna retrace my steps and go back down. Now, you can always go back down faster because you're reviewing. Go back and check and check and check and check. And that's how I'm gonna end my ride. You're gonna build confidence in both of you this way. I'm talking about mental confidence. You're gonna be able to, you know you're you're gonna you're gonna feel pretty good. and also you're gonna get some physical confidence. What I mean by physical confidence is, is he's going to be able to support all these moves mechanically, muscle. He 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 can do this stuff. That's a big part of this, too. She goes on, um, the mule has issues with, with bits, and she's tried different things, done different stuff. The mule's having issues with all these bits, Ashlyn, because of the anxiety. So when you see him mouthing bits and working with that, I would bet it is... Not the bit that is the trouble, but the mind. You get the mind right, you get the mouth right. One of my favorite quotes that uh, I learned from Buck Braneman, "You get the mind right, you get the mouth right. and and i i I think that that's what you need to deal with here is is a lot of this mind stuff. Need to work on this relationship here a little bit. Now that doesn't mean you just sit there and pet them all day. You got to build relationship by doing things. Ask him questions. That's going to cause him some stress. That's what this checklist is is about, is causing some stress. Ask him questions. He finds the answer. You leave him alone. Use that pause button that we teach about in our clinics, that we teach about all the time. Use that pause button. Hit that pause button. Soak. Calm down. Bring it down. Settle. Let him be. Give him some space to, to come in there with you. So you do that over and over. And that's how you're going to build, like I mentioned earlier, this coping cache. So with the bit, yeah, I'm using a snaffle bit on this mule. That was one of her questions. What should, she, what should she do? What should she, you know? But it, like I said, it's not really the bit. That's the issue. It's it's this brain you're dealing with. Check the teeth. That's always a given. You guys, anytime I give you suggestions on behavior and training, it always comes with the with a pretext that you have checked the physical health of your mule. That's always first. are the teeth good, bones good, healthy, Hoofs, all the things. If they're good, then you can go ahead and work on behavior. okay? She goes on to say um, that he's kind of he's been uncharacteristically grumpy when she's working. Again, I think this is the relationship. We need to work on this. So if you if you get a chance, Ashlyn, jump on our website go to the video library link click on it scroll down and look for the recent virtual clinic that I did with Ben Longwell just last week called response in spite of trouble and we talk all about this stuff this is i mean we we took a deep dive and I was pretty careful not to dive into the what to do when questions, all the surface level questions. And we dived into the deep stuff. We dived into the brain and, and talked about that. And I think that'll help you a lot, Ashlyn. So check that out. But uh, anyways, appreciate the question, Ashlyn. And I do look forward to seeing you at Bryce Canyon. Uh, all, you, all of you listeners, if you have a question, send me an email. My email is ty, that's T-Y, ty at tsmules.com. Put question for podcast in the subject line, and we will try to get it on the show. Uh, we don't always get to them super fast. Some of these are from last month, these questions. Um, but uh, we try to compile them, and then when we get a chance, I'll jump on and and do a show and answer these questions. I hope these answers have been helpful to you in some way. I would love to hear your feedback. Um, if you, Whatever podcast platform you listen on, if you could leave us a five-star rating. I would be super grateful to you. Tell us what you think of the show. Tell us what you think of the podcast. Tell, tell us what you think of my comments and, and things. I'd love to hear your feedback. Um, if you can't leave a review, you can always send me an email. The email I just mentioned. You can send me a review about the podcast. We love seeing those reviews. I love reading your your kind words so much. So, hey, thank you so much, you guys, for listening. God bless you. I can't wait to get back on the road. I hope to see you at a clinic somewhere. Be sure to jump on our website, tsmules.com. Come ride with me, come hang out with me, and we can dive deep into this good stuff. So, hey, God bless you. See you later.